Thank you to Anthony. Got a new phone off as well, working, and uh, very good indeed. Actually, Anthony's got a book out. You know Anthony's got a book out? He's got a book out. People tell me nothing around here. He has a book out, and he's photographed every meal that he's eaten over a year and then written about it. And if you go to his page on the LBC website, there's details on there. So if you go to lbc.co.uk, it's quite a good idea, isn't it? I'm not actually sure I have the courage of my convictions to photograph every meal that I've eaten over a year, because I think that's when you'd be horrified. Because in your mind, you think, oh, I'm sure I eat really healthily, because I do eat an unhealthy amount of sprouts, as you know. And, uh, and th- but then if you actually look at it, I mean, yesterday, what did I have to eat yesterday? I had, I'm trying to think what I had to eat yesterday. I got in late because we, we did Christopher Lloyd yesterday and I think we're going to run him probably a bit nearer Christmas, I think, because it's a festive film. Yeah, we think Sue Hansen this week from Crossroads, Miss Diane. So that'll be quite nice. Uh, but we did Christopher Lloyd yesterday and he turned up and somebody had said to me, he, you know, he doesn't like doing interviews. And I thought, oh, but we always have a backup. We always have, you know, I, I'll, I'll try, I'll snog him if necessary. If it means getting an interview, I will happily snog the guest. And, uh, and he came in and because it was earlier, normally I do my interviews at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is a good time for them, good time for us. But this one was quarter to nine because he had some ISDN things to do. And uh, so I'd read about him and everybody said, oh, he, you, you won't get a, an interview. He doesn't like talking about himself. So, of course, I always start with that kind of an interview. I go in with the idea, I know you don't like doing it, but we love you and we're so grateful. And in the end, they warm to you. In fact, they have to warm to me in about three minutes because if they don't, you get a crap interview. And for the first two minutes, as you'll hear when we play it out near, near Christmas time, he's, he's, he's quite quiet and he's, and he's a bit slow. And I thought, mm, I could feel the producer's eyes boring into the back of me thinking... He's going to... This is not going to go the hour. This is not going to go an hour. Luckily, within about three minutes, I'd won him over. And you couldn't shut him up. You couldn't shut him up. He was, he was a great, great interview and really, really nice man. And I've said, the one thing we need to see you is uh, on the West End stage. And he's never done the West End stage here. He said, no, nobody's ever asked. Marty, Marty. I'll, do, I'll go around the building and you. Marty, Marty. Back to the Future, the musical. I quite like that idea. He's such a nice man. He's in London at the moment with the mother of his godson. And I said, listen, today, or yet whenever it is, take a boat on the river. Take a boat. But the trouble is, you could walk past him and you wouldn't know it was Christopher Lloyd. It's only if you sort of look, you think, that's Christopher Lloyd. That's Christopher Lloyd, who was in the Adams family, who was in, you know, just so many... One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I think his first, his first movie, and all those Back to the Future things. But really nice man, really, really nice man. So if you see him about town, and he's here until next Tuesday, say hello. Just say Steve Allen says, we're to say hello to you. I don't even know where he's staying, I think it must be a hotel around here. Anyway, apart from that, and you've checked out Anthony's book, there is no webcam this morning, I hope. <laughs> Having said that, I'm sort of looking around thinking. And what they're going to do is, and they're going to do it for me next week, they're moving the webcam OK, they're going to do that next week for me, or hopefully by Sunday, when they're going to find to do it, because this, is, this studio is operational all the time. But I think they're going to make the one over there operational by the door, because we have two in the studio. And then you better see us uh, a little bit better. And on Sunday, we're going to make it go live from 8, uh, eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, something logged in, yeah. So from 8 o'clock in the morning, it will be live, so that'll be fairly busy, because we'll have... Who's doing papers this week? I can't remember who's doing the, the papers. We'll have a think about it. No, not this morning. On Sunday... Jane Jane is in. So Jane Milligan will be in on Sunday, so you better see her on the webcam. And we had phenomenal amount of hits the other day. I mean... Sorry, I'm just signing in. Sorry about this noise. Phenomenal amount of hits. 
Thousands and thousands and thousands of you were obviously quite keen to see what I looked like. Of course, the person that we put in the studio is not actually me. What we did, we put a fat, blobby-type bloke in here who was bald with a scarf around his head, and we sat him in the studio and said, listen, just pretend to be Steve Allen. Because it's actually 20 seconds for it to, to reboot, nobody will know. Because the thin Steve Allen, which is me, is the one who was broadcasting from the other studio. The looky-likey in the studio was me probably about ten years ago. We found him on the street. His name's Eric, and he does make a fairly good living uh, as a Steve Allen look-alike. So he sort of goes around to people and goes, hello, you're ugly. Hello, you're fat. You know, he's like that. He's a nice sort of person you invite around to parties. He just insults people. God, you're horrible. Oh, you're boring. Worst thing you can ever say to anybody. So when we see Jordan for in conversation, hello, naffo. Oh, I can't wait. Imran, good morning. So I cheer Imran up today. You know, he's sitting on the desk. I see no reason why we shouldn't make him feel a little bit wanted and part of the, uh, part of the, I was going to say the corral for some reason. Thank you, incidentally, for your Christmas cards. They have uh, started flooding in, as usual. We, we do fairly well for Christmas cards on this programme. I'm of the firm opinion that people send them out of, out of sympathy. Certainly not doing them for anything else. And, uh, oh, look, a, oh, that's nice. Oh, I like that idea. It's a wicked, a wicked calendar. I've been sent the Wicked Calendar. How cool is that? Who's that from? Who's this from? Oh, it's from Mary. It says, you've been invited to an Adam and Eve party. Leaves off at 11. Ooh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of a calendar. Thank you for that. That's very... Do you know what? I do use calendars. I use them for working out how many days in the, the month I work. And so sitting above my, my computer is my calendar. So that would be very good. Mary, thank you for that. Mary's in Red Hill, so it's far enough away. Not to have to worry too much about it at this time of the morning. Another one here. This is a nice one. This is for, see, it just says to Steve from an avid listener. And it's a picture of Father Christmas playing golf, which, as you all know, is something I've never quite mastered. The idea of getting small round objects into holes is not actually uh, my straight... Neil, the courier... He says, hope you have a lovely, fun-filled Christmas. I'm uh, hoping so, uh, because I'm here every day. I'm here, in fact, every day on the Christmas week, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, except Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, I'm sorry to tell you, for people who absolutely love me to pieces, it's great, but for people who hate me, which is fantastic, because I know they'll be listening as well, uh, I'm here from 6 till 10, Christmas Eve, that's in the morning, and 6 till 10, Christmas Day, so we'll be stuffing the turkey together, won't we? That'll be nice. Remembering to defrost it, of course, and take out the giblets. Uh, but if you're vegetarian, we'll be doing a nut roast, OK? And, uh, and sort of, you know, making the table ready and making sure that you've done everything. And also, we'll be, we'll, we might take some calls. We might, I'm not promising anything, believe you me. I might have to go on medication for this. But we might take some calls and we might sort of chat to you about Christmas. You know, I might open, I might open the traditional global bottle of sherry which we've had for the last five years and uh, we've made it last which is quite good because everybody hates sherry except steve allen and i absolutely love sherry you cannot beat a good glass of sherry so i'll be here christmas day and then the following week i'm here every day eight uh, ev- sorry <laughs> i forgot what I was going on every day so monday to friday six till ten I'm not really sure whether I'm ready for four hours of Steve Allen a day or whether you're ready for four. It'll probably seal my fate for next year. We'll come around to contract time and they go, actually, after your extravaganza at Christmas, people have said, we don't want any more of Steve Allen. We've had quite enough of him. <laughs> uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Anthony was talking about cyclists. Did I mention? Oh, it's gone. Why has that gone all funny? Let it come back again. Oh, it needs to refresh. OK. Um, and he was talking about cyclists. And, you know, I don't have a love of cyclists. I have a love of cyclists, provided they stick to the highway code and provided they don't jump red lights. 
but I'm sick to death of people jumping red lights. And I always, I do the same thing all the time. Hello, colour blind, are we? Because they, they, they go over red lights. And one of these days, there's going to be an almighty accident at a crossroads in Twickenham by the fish shop. We've had a number of accidents before. We've had cars mounting the pavement, you know, kids taking over controls and stuff like that. And so it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if there's another one imminent. And in which case, I'm going to stand over them and go, shouldn't have jumped lights then, should you? Rather stupid, but people do. People do, and it just, you know, it's an accident waiting to happen. You're seriously wearing that outfit, aren't you? I've got no idea. You're coming out of my colour blinder ass. It looks like a firework explosion. <laughs> it does. I, actually, I nearly bought a projector the other day. It's from, I think, I want one of those or firebox.com. And I've got a projector that does stars, little tiny, little pinpricks of um, green light, which move. The little tiny stars move in this, through this blue haze, which looks fantastic. But now they do another one, which has got five lenses and projects firework explosions onto it, oh. on the wall. And goes, and then little r- lights come up and then a big explosion. So I quite liked. So that's your Christmas present. Not actually the machine. It's the, the catalogue. I'll send you the catalogue. Never look through it. So difficult to... But what do you buy for the girl who's got everything, ladies and gentlemen? You know, penicillin, my mother used to say. So uh, we might, might try that one. Uh, let's have a quick check and see if we're, if we're awake this morning. I do like it when you're, when you're awake early. I hate it when people sort of get... Oh, I'd love to listen, but it's five o'clock in the morning and I go, podcast. Oh, I was going to ask you. Because my friend Michael, who only podcasts the free bite-sized bits, isn't having much luck at the moment. Oh, do we not do the bite-sized? Oh, right, we've stopped doing the bite-sized. Oh, right, OK. Right. Anthony's book, incidentally, which I must tell you about, is uh, thefoodwhatiate.co.uk. You can also find it on his, uh, on his webpage, thefoodwhatiate.co.uk. <laughs> A good idea. Actually, I was trying to explain... Um, to uh, little Phil, getting bigger by the minute, Phil. Uh, he's on a diet. I think he suddenly realised at the ripe old age of fourteen that he's, he's he's putting on a bit of weight. And so I've said to him, you know, it's very very difficult to lose weight when you're young. Very difficult to lose weight. So what he's doing, he started eating healthily and he started going out for a jog. What he's unfortunately doing, he's eating nuts. Now, as anybody will tell you, peanuts and most of these nuts are really fattening, really really fattening. So my advice is. Everything in moderation. I know, it's, I know it's a bit tedious and a bit boring, but everything in, in moderation. OK, so don't eat nuts all the time. They're very nice for snacking, but not all day. And for all those people who said, you won't believe, Steve, you've had good news. The travel... The, sorry, the, the travel. Uh, the good news is that, A, James Whale will be making my Christmas wreath. The other good news is Julie Andrews is coming to the O2 for a one-off performance next year. Her... I think five singers and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. It's going to sell out like that. She's 70 plus. She's not been here for years. She's certainly not sung for ages and ages. But uh, we're hoping to get her in for an in conversation. I mean, that would just be the icing on the cake. Quarter past five. These are the uh, latest headlines. Banks could face new scrutiny over how much their biggest earners are paid and independent reviews urging them to publish the number of staff on more than a million pounds a year. The former British ambassador to the US is giving evidence at the inquiry into the Iraq war later. Sir Christopher Mayer will talk about the relationship between the two countries in the build-up to the 2003 invasion. The latest progress report on the 2012 Olympics will be delivered later. Members of the International Olympic Committee are in London to inspect the building programmes. So we'll check on the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom.
Thank you very much, Steve. The M25 is currently blocked anti-clockwise on the Essex stretch because of an accident. It's in the roadworks between 28 and 23. You know, I've heard some lame excuses, ladies and gentlemen, but the lamest has come this morning, and frankly, it's, it's put a bit of a cloud over Christmas. Normally, you know, I get excited, I put the annual Allen tree up, and, uh, and I might be putting it up later, but I won't be telling you who, because we had a phone call, well, a carrier pigeon landed on the roof of the building, and uh, bit of a bit of a bit of a downer, I told you this was going to happen, I predicted James Whale, he of, he of global talent... <laughs> Right. Still working at that age, I always say. Uh, was making the, the Allen Christmas wreath for the front door. Something which the neighbours can look at with wonderment because they don't, they're not lucky enough to have celebrity friends like me who make them things and, and give them Christmas gifts. And I was looking forward to, to showing off to my friends and neighbours to be saying, that's a lovely wreath, Steve. Well, they call me Mr Allen because it's best that way. And it now looks highly likely it's not going to materialise. Because you remember Mrs Tiggywinkle, otherwise known as Whale, was going out into the woods every week with his basket, gathering truffles and mushrooms and fungi and everything else, and twigs to weave in to a wreath for the Allen front door. Well, now it turns out he's halfway through the wreath, which is quite nice, and God knows I want to see a picture of this thing before it arrives on my front door, and it looks likely it's not going to materialise, because cleaning his teeth this morning with an electric toothbrush, and don't you worry about that... He's dislocated his shoulder. So he's, he's not strapped. Actually, what you need is something I've got in my bathroom. Because I, the other day, James, um, I don't know how I've done it. I've either kicked my shin or I've done something, but it swelled up and it blooming well hurt. And I rubbed um, ibuprofen cream into it. Didn't make any difference. And it's a bit swollen still. So I went into the chemist. I was in such agony. And I bought a spray. And it's a freezing spray. So what you do is you shake the can and then you spray it and it, it apparently freezes the area. And if you've got a dislocated... Uh, mind you, I think dislocated shoulder's a bit more serious, isn't it? Don't you need to go to the hospital? Oh, I could work his show today. I could get that show. I could go on Sky and I could do the, do the papers and everything. Well, there's anybody who'll tell you. And as Carl Newton yesterday on the programme announced proudly on air, they have asked me to do the papers on this morning and I've turned them down on numerous occasions because I've done that... I don't, I don't want to do it again. I've, I've recommended a few other people, because there are people around here, not, not James, of course, that, uh, that would kill to do a newspaper review. They would absolutely kill to be on television, whereas me, I can't think of anything worse. I mean, James is all right, because luckily he has his own makeup artist, or as we prefer to, prefer to call them at Sky, B&Q, because uh, it's a restoration job. He sort of arrives in and they go, right, let's try and make you look like James Whale. So they start with, you know, the powder and the paint and all the rest of it. So, uh, not for me, I'm afraid. Not for me. But I shall be mortally disappointed, James, if my wreath for Christmas does not arrive. In the same way, I'll be extremely happy if Jordan doesn't arrive back from Australia. We're told she's coming back because she misses her children. Of course, that's why she went out in the first place, isn't it? No, she went out in the first place to closure. And all she's done is talk about Pete, who luckily hasn't talked about you at all, dear. So, there you are, at the ripe old age of 30-something, still lonely and still stuck on that shelf gathering cobwebs. I do believe that Alex, the cross-dressing cage fighter, and there's a butch one, apparently is trying to hawk pictures around, so the story in the paper goes. So, in other words, I mean, there would be, because let's face it, you've only got to produce a camera and Jordan will perform. She's like a bit of a seal. And, and she does this, and so he's apparently trying to hawk pictures. I don't believe it. I think she'll have his guts for garters. You watch, in the press, very shortly, when she starts doing her My Only Interview, 
She'll slag him off to the ground. I bet you... That's what she does with all her boyfriends. She slags them all off. That's the only thing she can do. So if I don't get my wreath whale, you're in big trouble. I'm going to come round and hijack your dogs. All right? That's a threat. We're not having a turkey this year, but a a little bichet frison could be quite nice for Christmas. (laughs) Listen, this fire that you heard about earlier, it's uh, in Peckham. Uh, Police have told... Uh, us that around 100 people have been evacuated from their homes. It broke out in Colgrove Road at around 4.30. But uh, it was listeners to LBC who alerted us on this one, which is good. So if you're in the area, text in and, um, and let us know what's, what's actually going on there. 84850, steve at Good try. 84850, steve at Let us know if you're in the area, where are you at the moment? How big is it? Um, and uh, my future chauffeuress, Anisha. Morning, Anisha. A big hello to Simon Black, who's going to the airport this morning. Oh, we'll between 5.45 and 6. Oh, well, for goodness sake, woman. What you th- I'm never going to remember these things. I see, I read them as fast as they actually come in. It's not easy. In Melbourne, Australia, it's not 5, but 4 a.m., PM. Oh, is it PM? Melbourne. Oh, right, which is great. Noreen says, when you speak to Nathan Morley, I do hope the producer remembers, um, because there's no Paul today, because he's still in America. Da, 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 da. And uh, she says, Diane couldn't believe it was three years since the first time we saw you. It was with James O'Brien, Joanne, Bob and his mum, Alexander was in the front row with the team and Darren and Chris and lovely Uncle Rob. Hope Nathan and Mr Chaz are well. Ask Nathan what he's getting Mr Chaz for Christmas. It'll be another outfit, won't it? I will ask him. I will ask him, which was nice. And, uh, listen, let's quickly... I mean, just quickly, quickly, quickly do some of the... Pay- just just before we get to the news at half past. Uh, the, the story about Katie and the... Uh, they say jungle babe sensation. And for- Jordan's not been a babe for many a year now, unfortunately. Unless, of course, you're referring to the pig that was in the film. In which case, she's absolutely like it. But they've got X-rated pictures of her with Alex Reed, and he's looking to sell them to the highest bidder. Well, if he has, he'd be extremely stupid. But there again, I'm led to believe he is extremely stupid. Incidentally, anybody still in the jungle, anybody still watching it, do you think Stuart Manning has got a personality somewhere? I mean, anywhere? Do you think that girl from Mystique has got a personality anywhere? I did laugh this morning. A lot of the papers are covering pictures of Alicia Dixon out on the town, and uh, she got turned away from the door of a nightclub. The reason, I'm, I'm secretly hoping, just... Oh, Throwing the papers onto the chair. Throwing the papers onto the chair. I'm secretly hoping it's because they went to Alicia Dixon, you're naff, we don't want you in our nightclub. But I know that the fact was she turned up with too many men. And if you turn up with, say, one, one girl and six men, they're not going to let you in. Because the one thing they don't want is too many men. If you've got enough men and you've got your quota for the night, it doesn't matter who turns up with them. They're not coming in because they've got enough men in there. What they're looking for is girls, because the blokes go out to the discos and to these nightclubs. They don't want to talk to other blokes, do they? Don't want to pull a bit of fluff for the night. Take it over. Hello, darling, I'll show you a good time. Here's a kebab, OK, like that bit of Kentucky. Picture of a Kentucky shop in the paper this morning. Uh, this one in Plymouth, uh, with a rat running through it. In daytime. In daytime. Uh, they haven't closed it, like the Kentucky here, which was being investigated for unhygiene. I tell you, you wouldn't want to go in the kitchens at some of the places round here. It must be quite bad, because hygiene conditions are different. Even round Twickenham, it's a bit bit uh, dangerous and touch-and-go. But uh, I remember the poor old um, Café Royal, who had their kitchens closed down because of cockroaches, 
I've walked around the back of Leicester Square. I've told you in the morning, and I've seen rats running across the road, quite openly sitting by dustbins. Outside Chinese restaurants, rats. It's awful. So anyway, where was I? Oh, yes, anyway, so there's a picture of this rat. They haven't closed the restaurant down. They've just given them advice on how to keep the rats out. Lovely. You know, in London, you're never more than six feet away from a rat. You are, seriously. Six feet away. Look, there's one. There, 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 there. <laughs> it's under your feet, it's under your feet. Run, run. It's motorised. It comes from Toys R Us. It's OK. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm, I'm secretly hoping they didn't let Alicia Dixon in because uh, they were going, I'm sorry, you're naff and you're not coming into our club. But I, I tell you, it's probably because she was with too many men. Uh, Mirror this morning. I'm telling you, this is an accident waiting to happen. Susan Boyle looking stressed, and they say that uh, they fear she's struggling to cope with her newfound fame. Of course she is. She's a person who has needs. She's a special needs person. You cannot take somebody and just go, right, OK, get this album done. Um, I, I don't even want to sing that song. I just Sing it. Because what they're on, and harsh though it might seem, I don't think that the fact she's finding it difficult comes into it. It's the fact that they've got to make money. They're in a business. And the business is that they'll try and make sure she's as well as possible. But what they do, it's a punishing schedule. You ask Westlife, you ask Boyzone, you ask any of them. Louis Walsh will say to them, I remember, because uh, they turned up on GMTV a short while ago. And uh, they were tired. Louis went, come on, pull yourselves together. Don't you dare let us down. You're there to do a job. That's why Stephen Gately amassed 10 million quid. You work your little socks off for it. Unfortunately for Susan Boyle, she's fairly advanced in years. She started sobbing and shaking while she was doing hands. The choice, she needs to rest. She did the X Factor here, which was pre-recorded on the Saturday. She then goes to the airport to fly. You cannot do it. And I'm telling you, the whole thing will just go inside. But all they're thinking about is, listen, she seems all right, she seems okay. You remember on the X Factor, we've told you before, when she was on the stage... And uh, she started lifting her skirt up and doing a little dance and that. And they were trying to push her off stage as quick as possible. That's vanished from, uh, uh, from you. And who said X-Tube? It's only vanished from YouTube. Well, X-Tube is. I was thinking, it might still be on X-Tube. And that they, that's been removed. Because they don't want people to see that it's only on rare occasions that she can pull herself together. You cannot fly backwards and forwards across the Atlantic. Have your head. It's all very nice for kids who are doing it. She's a middle-aged woman. But unfortunately, it comes down to the fact there's, there's nobody out there, nobody on the X Factor who's going to sell as many albums. Not one person, not Stacey Solomon, not any of the kids, not even those naff little boys from Ireland. They're not going to sell enough to warrant putting them on the show. They'll have to do, to do other things. What they'll do, I've got no idea. She can shift a lot of albums. Whether she shifts a second album, I don't know. But if she's going to break down in America, she's probably in the best place for it. But I'm telling you now, it's an accident waiting to happen, and they've got to be very, very careful. It's, it's just a disaster, so we, we wish her well. But she has got the biggest selling album of all time. This is LBC. Morning, every Thursday morning in London town. It's, you know, Christmas is going to be upon you so fast. And I've now got all the presents. All my presents are done. The only presents I haven't done uh, are some candles, which I've got to order, but that can be done any time. And uh, presents for the guests on the programme. And that's all I've got to do. That's the only thing. But I can do those in a, in a morning quite quickly. So I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of it, which is a bit of a miracle. And it's all paid for, which is even more of a miracle. Because believe you me, I have in the past, like many of you, rushed out at the last minute 
to buy presents, and you go around and you've got no idea what to buy, and everybody's doing the same thing, and there's queues. So I work on the assumption. In fact, I phoned Sharon the other day. I said, I've got the kids' presents, so that's all sorted. And she said, God, you're so organised. And I've ordered Nathan's... Oh, I can't tell you what they are, just in case he's listening this morning. But anyway, so I've, I've, I've got those as well. These things which I can't talk about, which I want to, but I'll have to tell you after Christmas, because it's annoyed me on how much certain things cost. And uh, I'll... No, I can't even give a hint because word might filter back to him, so it's best not to say anything. When you're 11, you don't want to know this kind of stuff. There is another picture in the paper of Susan Boyle uh, sucking her thumb and staring into the distance. The trouble is, she's surrounded by fans who are giving her gifts and they've got badges on and everything else. She's not able to take it. I don't care what anybody says. You know, she's a special needs person and she probably just wants to come home. So they're very nice to be famous. Very nice. You know, don't don't anybody ever tell you that it's really tough being famous, especially when there's money rolling in at the same time. But to be honest with you, she's showing the strain and it's not so good. The strain, of course, that uh, in fact, even Ingrid says I had a fall at home resulted in a dislocated shoulder, extremely painful, treated at hospital. James, go to the hospital. Go and get it checked out because at our age... You know, things break and drop off. You don't want that, do you? So I bet you're going to be talking about Subo today. And uh, give our love to Eamon, or whoever it is doing it. Oh, I'll tell you, he was on the television the other day. They dragged on um, Ainsley Harriet. Do you know, for the first five minutes, or sorry, the first minute, he was a bit, yeah, all like that, you know, ooh, my giant pepper mill and all this kind of rubbish. And then after that, he became the boring old so-and-so. And then lied he lied. Us chefs, he was saying. Ainsley Harriet is not a chef. He's only ever... Oh, absolutely. He's a cook. He worked at Lord's Cricket Ground. He's never worked as a chef. He was a cook. He did mass catering. He never worked as a chef. That's why they put chefs on there. Uh, no, he, he trained as a cook. He went to the central school thing. Oh, well, I know all about Ainsley Harriet, let me tell you. Huh. Pff, what a ghastly man. All this sort of making reference to his giant pepper mill, as if we didn't know what that was talking about. Huh. I mean, Nathan Morley luckily never mentions it because it would just be laughed out of Cyprus. Dreadful. Well, it would. It, it would. would. It's I not mean, true, yeah. anyway. What, what about my, my enormous pepper mill? Your enormous pepper Because, I mean, you do do cooking, don't you? I do indeed. In fact, I've, uh, I, I've received many a pat on the back for my, uh, my kitchen efforts. Yes, a pat um, of butter. Uh, range, no, there is a whole range of, of dishes I specialise in, from Italian to Indian to what? Greek to um, uh, traditional British fare, such as beans on toast. Did you know, I only read it the other day in the paper, that the cheeky girls have brought out a range of makeup, and I kept thinking, why the hell would you want to look like them? The cheeky girls? Yeah. Are they the, the Russian duo without work permits? No, Transylvanian. Oh, trans they're from Transylvania. I think, yes, I thought so, yes. Right, what I would do, I'm pretty though... pretty certain they're from Transylvania. Are there papers in order? Yes. Are you sure? Absolutely. The only thing is, they owe some money to the tax man. Right, now this, am I confusing this with uh, the OPIC guy who uh, was uh, dating one of these girls, or He am did I, uh, date one of them, yes. Right, yeah, yeah, I think immigration, though, about them, to be honest <laughs> with you. I really, I really think they They live to... here now, they live here. <laughs> yes, well, they're not from the European Union, are they? I don't know, isn't Transylvania in it? No, 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 I think Transylvania was in Bram Stoker's Dracula, wasn't it? No, it's a real place! <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been there? That's what they really I come don't. from Transylvania, don't they? They really. Well, that's definitely not. 
Transylvania is not in the 27 European member union I know about. Is it? No. Yes, we think so, it is. I mean, we think it is. We're actually challenging no, you on not. that one. No, it's we not. We think it's no. in the member state, and, and people go there, and they go to Bram Stoker's castle, and they go and see where, where Dracula's buried with a stake. Well, I, well, if it is in the European Union, then they don't need a work permit, obviously, but I know it's not. In fact, I don't even think it exists. <laughs> oh, it does so but, exist. But, but, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what do they put on their work permit? Do we have a shortage of, of immigrant <laughs> singers in London or something? Well, they, they have just done a Strictly Come Dancing strip programme in Paris. They stripped on television, and the reason being that... It, their, their work dried up because the record company went bust or something, and so they never got any money, so they never paid the tax, so now they're having to... I mean, the advice in the paper yesterday was, leave the country. <laughs> Go. Oh, I would, I would concur, yes. That's yeah. a very good idea. I've actually heard one of their records. And, Touch and my bum, don't be That's shy. it, yeah. yes. It's, yeah, there's it's absolutely not... no need for it. No. There's no need for it. Although, strangely enough, over your neck of the woods I was reading, the police in Cyprus uncovered a gambling den of... <laughs> of did you read about this? <laughs> Elderly yes. ladies up to the age of 90-something gambling. Yes, the youngest was 50. That's right. Uh, and the, the eldest was 95. Now, it wasn't so much the, the, the reason they, they were shopped. You know, uh, these little uh, card games, and they're quite common amongst the elderly here. They're not really into knitting or daytime soap operas. This is kind of old as the hills. Um, but the, the reason that police swooped on this house is because these 43 women had been making so much noise with their comings and goings. And uh, they were betting small amounts, like 30 or 40 euros playing cards. But anyway, they've all been charged. It was kind of a bit of a joke story in Cyprus. Oh, you're but not allowed police... to do it, then? You're not allowed to gamble? Is it illegal? Oh, no, no, not allowed to gamble here. No, not at all. In, in oh. fact, uh, it's completely illegal. But we do have bookies shops, yeah. but they're very tightly regulated. For, for example, you can't bet on certain foreign sporting events, like I can't bet on the Grand National, or, uh, you know... Um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a very, very tightly regulated system, but in the occupied areas, in the north of Cyprus... There are gambling and casinos are everywhere, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you have to cross the green line if you want to lose your money. Wow. Oh, incidentally, we have, we have checked. Transylvania is in Romania. Ah, so uh, Romania is in the EU, It is it? absolutely in the EU. And uh, so I think you owe me a hundred euros. I think that was well, the bet. Well, not just that. I, I owe the cheeky girls an apology. They're good <laughs> European partners. They don't need a work permit. Uh, feel no. free to sing anywhere you want. Oh no, no, please, please don't, don't sing anywhere you Preferably want. Probably on the Steve Allen show, <laughs> not on a Thursday morning. Oh like. no! <laughs> I, I mean, the, the moment I saw them on the television, I thought it was a bit of a novelty. And they said, and our mum wrote. The, Have you ever met the mother? Oh, scary! <laughs> the mother is Wagnerian. Oh, crikey, I'm And Riley. they trowel the makeup on. They're as thin as pencils, but they're, they're desperate to be famous. But now they're sort of famous for being, I don't know, famous for being the cheeky girls, I suppose. Well, didn't they just, uh, you know, um, uh, show a bit more than they should? Uh, on it wasn't the, much of them the... to show. No, I mean, I can't really understand these talentless tits who are all over the place nowadays. I don't know one from another. Well, the trouble I mean, is, not... you see, but, they, but it makes money, doesn't it? It makes money for the for Well, the I don't companies. know if it does. I mean, how many records did they sell? How many people download them? Or, oh, or, yeah. <laughs> well, they got to number two in the charts. <laughs> they they, they got to number two. Did they? Re- Look, yes. I could get... Uh, we've been through this before. 
I could get to number two in the charts. Imagine, put it this way, I release a single tomorrow, we bung it on iTunes, HMV, no. tell everybody, go download the, the thing, I, I reckon it could be a top tenner. Mr Within Chaz could do better than you. Mr Chaz, obviously, he doesn't even have to, he doesn't have to lift his paw up. I mean, he won't get out of his basket for less than a grand. Well, exactly. Uh, but I'm, I'm dying to know, because Noreen wants to know, what you're buying him for Christmas. Oh, well, there's a story. We there is a story, because we're, we're currently d having a, uh, an enormous debate in the House what we're doing this Christmas. We're, we're decided we're, we're not going up to Finland because they have a terrible, terrible time with swine flu. Right. And it really is dreadful up there. And I thought, well, let's go to the United States for a, for a week or so. But obviously, if you remember, it's freezing in America yes. on the East Coast this yeah. time of year. I'm not going to traipse around New York in the snow. So we're going to be home, and I think Mr. Chaz is just going to get his usual, uh, you know, week-long uh, pamper and uh, lots of little treats, walks, tummy rubs, mouth kisses. Oh, um, no! Oh, he gets it. Honestly, he's oh. a great kisser. Do you actually let him lick your face? Oh, God, yes, of course I do. Oh, no. And Nathan. sometimes I lick his face. Oh, oh too much information on a no, Thursday. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a very healthy <laughs> it's man not. on man It's a dog. It's a dog. Stop it. There's people being gorgeous. ill. <laughs> if you saw this dog, honestly, you're I've a I've seen him. Um, but you need to see him in real life. You need to actually be close I've to him. I've seen a photograph. It's the same thing. No, it's not. Honestly, you need to get more with the dog picture. Oh, really. no, 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 no. I mean, put this way, I certainly, I mean, I, we used to have a cat years and years ah. and years ago, and, and yeah. I, I wouldn't let that kiss me either. No, well, my cat's a bit bonkers. Uh, she, tri she tries it on, but, uh, yeah. you know, I said, look, uh, my, my heart's Mr. Chaz's. <laughs> the trouble uh, is, your, your, your cat doesn't get half as much attention as Mr. Chaz does. No, she doesn't, and there is clearly discrimination in this house. Yes. You know, there is clearly a favour, and I know a father should never do that, but I do. Mm. However, that said, this afternoon I'm going to Super Home DIY Centre in Nicosia to buy Caramel the Cat a cat house. Oh. Because now we have, you know, fairly bad weather in the evenings, and she needs a cat house. Well, she sleeps so, outside. She sleeps outside, yeah, she's a wanderer. She's oh. a wanderer, you know, she can, she can, she can be out all night. Oh, so, uh, a stop-out. She's a dirty stop-out, but oh. I've noticed sometimes when I come in, you know, she's all curled up and it's a little uh. bit windy, so she's going to get a, a cat house today. Oh, what does a cat house look? Is it a, a bit like a dog house, only slightly smaller? I, actually, it looks like a Wendy house, <laughs> <laughs> but small. I like, oh, it's uh, pink plastic, then. It's something like that, actually. Uh. It's something like that. So, oh. uh, But now, you know, we just put a little cushion in there for her. It's next to her bowls. Um, because it gets very windy. I'm right next to the sea. I'm about 30 yes. metres from the, from the sea, you see. You not have so, her sleeping inside. Oh, no, she doesn't like to be inside. She comes inside and sits down and, you know, mm. rolls around a bit. But in the evening, she, she likes to be out. Oh. She likes to be out. So. I'm, I'm terribly worried by this. We'll have people writing in now saying, you know, he, he should be lavishing as much love on Caramel as he does on Mr Chaz. Well, I think, I think you know, they have a point, and she's an absolutely beautiful cat. She yeah. really is a beautiful cat. Great personality, great-looking cat, and everybody who sees her says, wow, she's, she's stunning. But <laughs> she's a stunner. <laughs> she's a stunner. I mean, my, my kids are stunners. <laughs> <laughs> and that <laughs> is the really worrying thing. <laughs> you do think they people. are kids, don't you? <laughs> Actually, the good yeah. news is that all this week, for all the lovely people in Cyprus, you're on television every night. Yes, uh, but not, not that I'm overjoyed by that, because obviously it means working late, and, uh... Yeah, that's and, nice. No, it's, honestly, uh, there is nothing worse than driving home on the motorway, you know, around nine, ten o'clock at night. Um, you know, you know, on there for an hour, I'm sure you know what I mean, yeah. every night. And do people uh, recognise you? Do you walk around and they go, hi, Nathan? Do people recognise yeah. me? 
Um, occasionally. I mean, the thing is, I on television, obviously, I wear a suit, but in real life, I'm an absolute steptoe. I'm a scruff bag. Yes, yes. You know, so I, I look like a walking shambles. So occasionally, <laughs> so, occasionally, someone will say... Uh, actually, the funny, the funny thing they say to someone recently is that, my God, you look really tall on the television, but you're really small, aren't you? Oh. Listen, I like that? small, though. See, I've often said to you, it's, it's, height is not an issue, but you're right. Everybody sees you on telly and goes, <laughs> oh, you're really tall because you're fitting into 32 inches. And then they see you in yeah. real life and realise you are 32 inches tall. <laughs> well, I usually say, look, uh, I'll show you my enormous peppercorn. Uh, like Ainsley Harriet. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, don't, don't, because we don't like Ainsley Harriet, I'm afraid. Listen, I have to let you go. I've got news. Well, listen, super duper, we will talk next week, uh, and, and, and that's all I have to say about that. Bless your heart. Have a nice week. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Mad as a brush, you know. Nathan Morley in Cyprus. Cat, dog, swimming pool, but 30 metres from the cliffs. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? Although quite nice, but a bit windy this morning. Talk about windy here. All our patio cushions have come back. So I'm a bit pleased yesterday, which is good news. Quarter to six. These are the headlines. A hundred people have been evacuated from their homes after a big fire broke out at a block of flats in Peckham early this morning. Eighty firefighters are battling the flames. A new report has called for banks to be forced to reveal the number of workers earning more than a million pounds a year. And soldiers based at cavalry barracks in Hounslow will be given the freedom of the borough later after returning home from a tour of Afghanistan. And I know that John's going to be down there proudly wearing his medals, so I hope the people of Hounslow will turn out. Hugh Broom's got the travel. Thank you very much, Steve. M25, problems continue in Essex. I'm afraid the road's still blocked. LBC, 97.3. It's 11 minutes to uh, six. Uh, Steve says, Ken, I can see lots of black smoke in the air. Helicopter overhead on uh, Peckham High Street. If you can text in and let us know what it's like down there, 84850, uk. Um, another one here. Somebody's going off to Barcelona for the weekend. Seems quite nice, actually. Uh, and Dee says, I'm exhausted. Been recycling all the rubbish and I'm having terrible problems with my plumbing. Put it this way, my flush is not successful. If nothing else, though, I'm glamorous. Which is good news, isn't it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Nathan will have a horse next called Hercules, says Stephen Harlington. That's the horse that they used in um, Steptoe and Son. Uh, thank you. Uh, Linda, been in Cyprus for a week. You know me, last-minute decision. Stayed with a friend in a place called... How do, how do you pronounce this? Is it Kisonerga? True story in Cyprus Mail. Read the elderly ladies, Nick, for having the illegal card school. It can only happen in Cyprus. And don't forget, it's Brentwood lighting up this Saturday. Your three favourite councillors would love to see you. Might even treat you to one of uh, Belgique's yummy cakes. Thank you, Linda. Which is fantastic. Nice to have you back with us. The uh, Twickenham lights go on on... When do they go on? Uh, Friday, tomorrow. But, in fact, a lot of the ones Paul Cooper was up putting the Christmas trees up around the town. He's ordered so many trees this year. I think he said to me he'd ordered about 300 Christmas trees. But they're so expensive now, they almost double the price that they were last year. Because, for some reason, they're difficult to get hold of. So people will be killing. So if you see a tree out, uh, you know, you need to... uh Need to make sure you get one because there's going to be a shortage this year. I promise you. Uh, Ray in Barkingside. Morning, Ray. Transylvania is part of uh, Romania. It's in Romania, and uh, another one here that says um, Transylvania is in Romania, which is not in the EU. Well, we don't care. We don't care. We love the cheeky girls anyway. We think it's fantastic. And Don says, I've just started my usual morning bacon sarni. When Mr. Morley mentioned about licking his dog's face, suddenly the brown sauce sarni seemed <laughs> seemed less appealing. And Don is at Smithfield Market. So, and somebody says, I lick my cat every day. What's wrong with that? Oh, 
uh, I don't think you should ever have animals on beds and stuff like that. I'm a bit funny about things like that. I don't know why. Uh, any chance of uh, coming to get Katie Price, says Steve, in Melbourne? We don't want her. <laughs> We're not over keen on her over here either, as you can tell. Uh, another one here. Uh, Jerry Cottle is uh, coming back with a new show, says Mark. We'll be on tour throughout 2010. Great, uh, great brand. I don't know, he had his fair share of uh, meeting with the press, didn't uh, Jerry Cottle? I remember very, very well indeed. And uh, George Benjamin Cheadle was born on Saturday morning at Frimley Hospital in Camberley, weighing a teeny six pounds. My mum is now officially Nanny Annie. I'm the eldest of eight daughters, and now there's a little man in the family. And he's listening to you already. He knows your voice. Hello, George. Sorry, you have to do this for children, OK? Children understand this. This, this means something. You do that for children, OK? Because George Benjamin Cheadle was born on Saturday weighing a teeny six pounds. Pa- six pounds is not much. Heaven's above. I've got a leg that weighs more than that. So, uh, well done. Mummy exhausted. Father drinking still. And now Annie, a nanny. So, well done, George. Welcome to LBC. I think you will be our youngest. I think you will be our youngest at the moment. Uh, Steve, interesting here about the old bag and Mr Reed's latest exploits. Do you remember the jibes about Peter's little acorn and Gareth Gates? When will she learn? Uh, she did it with Gareth Gates. Do you remember? Ga- mind you, Gareth Gates was an idiot. He should have admitted first off, but he didn't. And so there was a problem there. And, uh, and she did it with, with Peter. She does it with everybody. The trouble is, it needs someone to sit there and say to her, who do you think you are? Overmade-up old scrawny creature. But uh, she won't learn, because unfortunately the people she's surrounded with are the sycophants and the people who go, oh, you're really good, you're really this, you're making loads of money. Unfortunately, you can have loads of money and no decency. And that's the problem. Uh, is this rumour on the net about the twins doing under- underwear modelling true? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't... What, what, the Jedwoods? No. I, t- I tell you what they, they will do. I'll, I'll make a prediction now. They will bring out a single. It will have them on the front jumping in the air because they do a lot of jumping in the air because they're those sort of people. And, and I think they'll... I don't think they'll be any good at children's presenting because the diff- the, what, what you probably don't appreciate, the fact is that children's presenters, it's really hard work. You're not just standing there jumping around, me, me, me. You're there to entertain children. And it's no good to get Louis Walsh going, oh, lots of little girls find them great. No, that, doesn't, that doesn't work like that. The people you're appealing to on television, you know, you can put them on, but after a few minutes you suddenly realise that one does the talking and one doesn't say very much. And jumping up and down, I'm afraid, you do when you're five. You don't do it when you're 18, I'm afraid. And they're, they're talking about 18 as if it's, as if it's the new... The new 17 or something like that. It's all a little bit worrying. But I'm sure that they will make some money. And I bet you anything they've had Christmas pictures taken. They'll be on the, on the front of something like Now magazine or, you know, OK magazine. I bet you OK magazine will do a feature with Jedward at home. Because didn't you think it was funny? When they went home to Dublin, they had it on the television. And their mum opened the door to them with the camera crew already in the house. Like, you know, big... Oh, look, who is this at the door? It'll be your children. You've got a camera crew right behind you, you stupid woman. So, in other words, so you, you have them knocking on the door of their own house. They don't even have a key. You can't trust them with a kit. Where, where have you been, boys? We've been jumping. We've been jumping. OK, now, in the house. In the house. Get the, cam- get the bloody camera crew out the door. Because so they knock on the door, and then inside you see the mother going to the door to open the door to her own sons. 
It's all a bit worrying, isn't it? It's a bit worrying, but it does make us laugh, and I like it when it makes us uh, laugh. Transylvania is part of Romania, which is part of the EU. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. To be honest with you, I really couldn't give a forex. It makes no difference to me. I'm not going there. I've never been there. I don't care. And uh, Robert tells me it's in the EU as well. Thank you. Which is great. We did say that, actually. Uh, 84850. Poor old Davy. Don't you have any friends, David? I'm sorry you don't have friends and you don't. Perhaps nobody buys you presents. Perhaps you're, perhaps you're, perhaps you're just lonely. And that's why we welcome you, especially this morning, and we give you a big hug and a kiss. Okay, there we go. That doesn't send you around the barmy. Nothing will. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC dot uk. We love doing that to people, especially the dribblers, which is always good. And oh, now we can say hello to Simon Black. Because now he's going to the airport. Although, strangely enough, Simon, this is your second mention this morning. It's beginning to sound like a relationship, I'm afraid. But anyway, a big hello to you and enjoy the airport. I love the airport at this time of the morning. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Uh, Joe Bogner in the jungle. He comes with baggage. And the baggage is... He's got a secret son that he doesn't see very often. And the secret son now watches the television. And uh, he says, having Jungle Joe as a dad made my life hell. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm not taking to Joe Bogner, but there again, I never did take to Joe Bugner. Oh, guess who's been given a slap on the wrist? I won't believe this. I thought it was going to happen. Kate Garraway. And why? Because of her comments about uh, Mariah Carey. The show's presenter not only got her facts wrong, she wasn't even in the studio when the singer was interviewed by Lorraine Kelly. But Kate said in a magazine column that two minders carried her in to stop her creasing her dress. Kate says, I've heard rumours about her being a diva. The claims were furiously denied by Maria's management. Furiously denied. Uh, and Kate, 42, has been ordered not to make that kind of mistake again. Kate, you make as many mistakes as you like, Poppet. You know, I truly believe she is a diva, as Carl Newton told us yesterday when she turned up to be interviewed by Philip Schofield. The entourage she came with was bigger than the entire studio crew. And I'm more inclined... To, uh, to believe Carl Newton than believe Mariah's management, who, frankly, are another bunch of brown nosers who'll do anything, because apparently she's beautiful and wonderful. I'm sorry, what I saw on television looked very average. I'm sure the more you pander to people... I was always told the bigger the star, the, the nicer they are. Obviously not so in her case. Or is it the people around her? The answer is, it's probably the people around her who try and make out that she's a big star. Do you remember when she went to the BBC, they had to cover the walls with certain silks and everything else, and the tea had to be a certain temperature. Oh, go away, you dreary old bag. Nobody's interested. It's like in here. Wait a minute, I'm just going to this cup. This coffee is cold, woman. In here, change coffee now. Otherwise, no Steve Allen after the news at six. I don't have... Get it yourself, she said. She said, that's a, see, that's what you want to say to Mariah Carey. You go, Mariah, do, what do you want, love? You do my hair. Do it yourself. There's a hairbrush. Grow up, be an adult. Stop being a pathetic little wimp. It's disgraceful. We're going to name and shame after the news, I'm afraid, this morning. Uh, I never thought I'd be sitting in a studio naming and shaming, but I'm going to have to. And it's two bullies. The worst thing is, they worked at the Tower of London. I never, ever thought that two beefeaters would ever be sacked for bullying at the Tower of London. Kicked out of their grace and favour houses. We name and shame on the programme this morning. Uh, plus other stories. Uh, the I'm a Celeb stars. This is Anton Deck who keep getting texts saying, Jedward of the new Anton Deck. And Deck says, I get that from my girlfriend. That'll be the girlfriend who's enjoying very much going out with you because she can't stop talking about it all the time. And uh, Keris Matthews has given birth. There you go. It's good, isn't it? And um, here we go. Borders could close today. 
the bookshop borders could go. They reckon 600 facing the chop at BMI and 1,000 uh, store jobs to go. It's not particularly good, is it? So, naming and shaming after the news. Oh, and Gordon Ramsay and your texts and your emails. I was on a training course at another store. Morning, everybody. Coming up to nine minutes past six. It's Thursday, November the twenty-sixth. I couldn't remember the date actually. From I remember thinking this month's gone past very quickly. Two thousand and nine. That bit I can remember. We have to write it on uh, on checks. And uh, this fire over in Peckham. It's in a block of flats, as far as I know. We've got a reporter going down there. If he gets there before the end of the uh, the programme, we'll have a chat to him. If not, Nick will do it after the news at seven. If we're in the area, and uh, drop us uh, an email or a text, 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. And uh, somebody here says, uh, we heard a big explosion at 5.30. No, I think it was going on before that, because... Um, um, Anthony was talking about it before then. They say 100 people have been evacuated from the homes after this fire broke out at the block of flats. So if you know any more, do tell us. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk Martin says the cheeky girls have gone bankrupt. I think this was over the, uh, over the tax bill, I think. Uh, another one here. Uh, the M20, Steve, is closed at Junction 7. I'll pass that on to Mr Broom. And Ray says, I love your chats with Nathan. Completely batty. Imagine calling a cat Caramel. Might as well call a toffee apple. I, know, I think caramel, I'm assuming caramel because it's the, the colour. Can't think of anything. But he calls the dog Mr Chaz. I mean, how, how you go outside, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, Val says, I've just read Danielle Westbrook and Sunita are set to take bath in Dancing on Ice. Now, Val, we did that weeks ago on LBC. We told you ages ago because Danielle Westbrook is being written out of EastEnders at Christmas. And uh, so she's got to do the Dancing on Ice I don't know. I mean, there's too many of these reality shows now paying ludicrous sums of money. Back to the Yeoman Warders. And two have been sacked for bullying uh, the Tower of London's first woman Yeoman Warder. Mark Sanders Crook and Bob Brown got the bullet. Um, They lose their £20,000 a year jobs and their reduced rent homes in the Tower because they taunted her. She's thought to have developed stress-related alopecia, so she had to wear a hairpiece. And uh, they taunted her over this... Uh, Mr Brown also received a police caution for tampering with her Wikipedia entry. I had no idea that you can take it as far as the police if somebody tampers with a Wikipedia entry. Small wonder people are not doing it now, because I've said to you before, if you do anything on a computer, they'll find you like that. And uh, so he's been cautioned. Uh, This man served with uh, her in the army. A bit of uh, history between them. The allegation is that his bullying was more verbal. To some it might have seemed childish, but it upset her so much her hair fell out. It turned out that uh, he and his wife and son didn't talk to her. And strange enough, his father... This is Mark Sanders... Is this Mark Sanders Crook? Uh, his, his father was also a beefeater for 18 years. And last night, his mother, Maureen, says he's a scapegoat and is devastated... The trouble is, because there's a history, I think that's when they decided at the Tower of London, you, it has to stop. Bullying, I don't care who it is. I really don't care who it is. Uh, she says here, the only thing he's done wrong is that he and his wife and his son didn't talk to her. And then she says, and here's a very interesting, this is Mark Sanders Crook's mother, they were wrong to employ a single woman in the Tower, an environment full of married men. What are you talking about? So, in other words, because there's lots of married men in the environment, you can't put a single woman in there. What, are you saying that they're all after or something? What a ridiculous thing to say. Or, or that she's, 
she's sort of tantalisingly, sort of, you know, enticing them. This absolutely ridiculous. Never heard such a stupid statement. But anyway, they've been kicked out, grace and favour. Where you go after being pilloried in every paper, I've got no idea. Because I always thought and was led to believe that one of the most prestigious jobs, if you've been in the forces, you can apply to go in the town. They've never had a woman there before. But to be honest with you, I don't know why. In a lot of other European countries, they've got women who fight. We've had women who fought for years. Why not uh, yeoman warders? And so she's very good. She's taken me round there and done the tour. Now, I know that they boost their salaries because they get, they get paid. Because people, they actually do their... And they actually wait to be given money. I know because we went on one of these tours and at the end of it, they go, thank you very much indeed, we'd like to show your appreciation. So they're, they're 20000 a year, could be boosted quite considerably by the money that the tourists give them for showing them around and having their, their, their picture taken and things like that. I, I'm sure it's not, it's not the norm, but I promise you that when we went there, at the end, they went, if you'd like to show your appreciation, thank you very much indeed. And people do give them money. You know, whether it's a couple of quid here or a couple of quid there, you multiply that over the day in the thousands who go to the Tower of London. But I was always taught that it's a very prestigious job to have. Bullying anywhere, bullying anywhere is absolutely verboten. Anybody who bullies you by text or by email or verbally, you take them to court. It's as simple as that. You don't mess about with it. But now I know that this man uh, was also given a, a police caution for tampering with her Wikipedia entry. God... We could have people locked up all over the place, couldn't we, really? That could be good news. So, uh, bad news for them. Very silly. Very, very silly. To actually even consider... But, I mean, you know, she's vulnerable to start with. She's a woman in a male environment. Quite clearly, it's not going to be that easy. And women have to fight all the way through. And I'm not waving some flag for women all over the place. But believe you me, in most male environments, it's kind of tough. Because you do get ribbed. You do get the mickey taken out of you. They do go, oh, right, you've got a boyfriend? No, I've seen it before. Happens in the police force. Happens absolutely everywhere. The only place it doesn't seem to happen is in hospital. Because nurses are far too busy to deal with stupid doctors who come up with rubbish and start going, hello, you're a pretty little thing. Oh, go away, you boring old windbag. Just get on with your operations. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Have more on the uh, fire if you're in the area. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And, uh, incidentally, just in case proof were needed about uh, Susan Boyle, when she was asked the other day by Dermot O'Leary what her favourite song is, played at her funeral, she wants Nelly the Elephant. OK. Quarter past six. News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Around 150 people have been evacuated from... 6.20 is uh, the time. Paul says, same as yourself, we were shown around by Moira. Glad those blokes got the push. Uh, They do have the right to appeal. They have the right to appeal. And by the way, I've got no idea what happened to Andrew Hayden-Smith. Not a clue. I would love to know. He was in Doctor Who and then just sort of disappeared off the face of the earth. I must mention very quickly the Crystal Palace Triangle Christmas Festival, which is uh, coming up this Saturday, the 28th of November, 10 till late. They've got all sorts of stuff. Mr P. Stanley, thank you very much indeed for a, a lovely brochure from the Crystal Palace Grand Continental Circus. Thank you very much for that one. I'm very grateful. I hope you have a, a good day down at Crystal Palace. And uh, I think there's a, there's a website as well. I think it's crystalpalacetrianglefest.com, OK? So check that out if you live in the area. Uh, Stephen is down in... Uh, Chris- Where are you at the moment, Stephen? I'm at a friend's house down uh, around the back of our house. Right, so it's, it's, this is the flats in Peckham, isn't it? Yes, it is, on um, Summer Road. Right. Now, as far as I, I know, as far as I've gathered so far, they weren't occupied, these flats. They're brand new. 
the, the place that first went up was a construction site. It's just been built and just right. pure full of wood. Right, OK. So ha- how, how close were you to it? Uh, from the fire itself, like, about 30, 40 metres. Oh, right, as close as that. Across the road from us. So what they've done is they, they've obviously taken you all away from the area. Can yeah. you see your house? Not from where I am right now. Right. But you're hoping it's not going to spread across. Hopefully. But oh. it's, it has spread across the road. Yeah. Uh, so the houses that are right along the, the, the path of the fire have also um, caught fire as well. So it's not yet under control. Right. So the, so when was the first you heard about it? Did they wake you up? Uh, it was actually my daughter that came screaming to our bedroom oh. and shouting, fire, daddy, fire, fire, fire. And you thought, not in uh, our flat, surely? Yeah, absolutely. So we just looked out of the window and we could see it was right up there. It was really, very high and very, very intense and very warm. Right. So can you see the, the fire engines at the moment? No, because we're in uh, my friend's house. Right. I can't see anything at the moment. So what, what, what have the police said to you and the firemen? Have they said that, you know, they'll, they'll get it under control they, and then they'll let you back they've in? They've evacuated us. They've not told us anything at the moment. The police have just, oh. just evacuated the whole... God, so you've got no house. idea. Not, not at the moment, no. Even worse. Not at the moment. Even worse, Stephen. Well, listen, fingers crossed. Would you give us a ring back later? OK. And let us know what, what's happening down there. Thanks for that. So Stephen's down in Peckham. So at the moment, they don't know what's going on. They've been evacuated. Thank God for his daughter waking him up. But 30 metres away... It's where it was, uh, it's on fire, so the construction site, brand new flats, a lot of wood, they use a lot of wood in these uh, flats now, so uh, we'll, we'll catch up with Stephen a little bit later on, and he's at the moment at a friend's place, but the, the worst thing is about all of this is that you don't know what's going on, you can't see anything, you can't do anything until the police come back and say, now you get safe to go back in, but at the moment, judging by the pictures that I'm seeing on Sky, it's, it's not under control, and it's nowhere near under control. Listen, we'll have a chat to Roger Foss, the other side of the news. Because uh, it's uh, it's Christmas. I hate to sort of remind everybody that around the corner is Christmas and the Christmas lights are going on this week and Crystal Palace will be having their frost fair and it'll be fantastic, it'll be wonderful. And Corin and Tony, as you know, very good friends of mine from uh, many, many years ago, together with Jan and Peter, they have a visitor who's staying at the moment. His name's Tom. He's a blue tit. And what they've got in their garden is because Jason gave them a bird box with a camera in it. And two years ago, it's got a microphone, Tom started roosting in it. Last spring, disappeared over summer. Then he started pulling the wires <laughs> out of the ceiling of the box and started swinging on them. So they've got another box, which is modified, and he's returned. They know it's the same one because he's got a feather that sticks up out of his tail. So he's still going, and they've got a TV in the study linked to the box so they can make movies of him. Isn't that fun? I'll tell you, the things you can do in your garden nowadays are fantastic. So nice to hear from you, Corin and Tony. And uh, they went to see Jane MacDonald at the Beck on Monday. Full of energy, very enjoyable, really good night. And especially when there was a power cut, which didn't phase her at all. So that was good. Must tell you how we laughed at the vacuum disaster, especially at the end when he said, you've missed a bit. <laughs> I love that. That was on YouTube. That was very, very funny. Listen, uh, hopefully we will see each other very, very shortly. But uh, in case we don't, I'll be the first or the seventh to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Because I'm like that at the moment. I'm wishing everybody. Uh, Jeff said, had a peek on the webcam yesterday. As indeed did thousands of you. Thank you very much indeed. Record numbers of people. As I say, I think out of sympathy. Let's have a quick check and see what Steve Allen looks like. Oh, my God, they put a substitute in the studio. He's somewhat fatter. He looks like he's eaten the studio. So they did that. But what we're going to do, we're going to put it on on Sunday. 
Sunday, because I reckon that on Sunday, because I know it's difficult in the morning, when you're getting up, you've got the radio on, you haven't got enough time to go to the computer and put it on and start going, oh, that's what it looks like, oh. and I'm, I've made them refresh it every ten seconds. They, they can actually make it so it comes down a bit shorter, but it puts a bit of a strain on the system. So every 10 seconds it will refresh, which means that you better see people walking in and out and chatting and doing things, and I'll wave a bit more and usual sort of stuff. So that's on Sunday, when uh, you'll just better go to lbc.co.uk. Love the scarf. What are the lovely Amanda, says Jeff. Sorry, the lo- there's two words just never seem to go together. The lovely Amanda. This is where, because the machine refreshed every 20 seconds, she could walk in, or in her case, run, uh, put the coffee down and run out again. So when it refreshed again, magically a cup of coffee appears. Made it look like a magic trick. I mean, you could have moved an elephant in in the time, which is good. Uh, did you hear ITV is to charge for all its digital channels? Oh, I don't like that idea. i tell you what I did watch the other day. My friend uh, Jackie sent me a copy of David Attenborough's, I think it's called Life... And it's got everything. It's got all the, oh, these fantastic things which are, which are going on in the animal kingdom. And it's got, I've particularly strangely taken by the predator ones. This is where people, you know, go out and they sit there waiting for a lion to attack or whatever, or hyenas. And they had all sorts of things. And one of them was a fox, which was grabbing, they looked like hamsters, actually. They looked like hamsters, sort of grabbing them as they came out the ground. All you hear was a little squeak from these things as they were carried off. I mean, it was just dreadful, but, you know, everything's got to live. And on one of them, killer whales, orcas, coming in on a very, very narrow channel, huge things, huge, to catch seals. And they literally, they've learnt to come into this channel, which is absolutely fantastic. So I would recommend that warmly. Not necessarily the thing to have just before Christmas, but I can tell you that it's it's well worth watching. I think it's called Life. It's a box set well worth getting. Uh, Let's quickly, just for the news at uh, half past, have a chat with uh, our reporter Declan Harvey, who's just uh, gone down. They've dragged him out of bed in the early hours morning, shoved him off to Peckham as quick as possible. So I don't know how close you are, Declan. Where are you at the moment? Uh, I'm standing at the moment on, uh, well, I'm about kind of 500 yards away from the uh, from the from the fire. Um, it's certainly, an, oh, as you said, I've just arrived here, and on the way here, I've counted about maybe about 18 fire brigades, the big kind of fire engines, also uh, kind of numerous auxiliary vehicles. Uh, I'm no expert, but this does appear to be a rather large um, kind of event. I'm at the corner of uh, of Commercial Way. There are hundreds of emergency staff around here: police, ambulance, uh, and the and the fire brigade. As of yet, they haven't sent anybody out to speak to the press. The press are just starting to gather here to try and get a sense of what's happening. Above our heads is a helicopter circling around, uh, so that they're keeping a close eye on this. But uh, the buildings that it appears to be affecting is a three, four-story building uh, down the way, uh, down the road from where I'm standing. There's still smoke billowing from it, and I can see the, uh, the fire brigade as they're trying to tackle whatever flames are there. But as I say, information on the ground here is pretty scarce so far, but we'll bring it to you as soon as we get it. Mm, it uh, as far as we know, we, we spoke to a guy called Stephen a moment ago, who lived literally just over the road. It's a block of flats, it's brand new, nobody's lived in it, and it started apparently just behind there and has spread. He's been evacuated together with, I think, now 150 people, but they haven't been told anything either, and I'm assuming that until they've got the thing under control, they'll not be saying anything. They, they won't know how it started, there'll have to be an investigation, and that can take quite a while. But at the moment, I'm assuming there's loads of people standing on the streets trying to work out when they're going to get back into their houses. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, from where I'm standing, Steve, I can I can start to see flames billowing from where, where, where they are now. Mm. Um, sorry, just as you, you were speaking to me there, I was being moved back from, from no. the, the cordon. Um, so I mean, it, certainly, it certainly looks to be a major event. I mean, uh, but I say that I haven't gotten close enough to really get a, get a scale of it. They think there was a building site up there and the flames yeah. may be spread from the building site to this block of, of, of flats. But, um, but as I said, the, uh, there's no press officer here as yet. And naturally, the, uh, the police and the fire brigade won't speak directly to me, all that has to come through the, the official networks to us. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of going to try and grab a few uh, eyewitnesses from around here, people who w- would have been evacuated, and see what stories uh, on what kind of light they can shed on it. All right, Declan, thanks for that. We'll catch up a bit later. I'll report to Declan Harvey down there in uh, Peckham. News headlines coming up. This is... Talk to Roger Foss in a minute. Uh, firstly, and it won't take too long, a horse racing Matthew from yesterday... Second, mm. you had a second with just for men, mm. which you know we could have could have got you a mince. And oh, I did bring right. in some mince yes, pies today, yes, but yes. you're not getting one. No. Okay, uh, feeling foxy for Alex sixth. Oh dear, nine pound fifty four. You're sixty five pounds fifty nine in debt. Good. You're working out ways of paying this money back. <laughs> I am like a bank manager. I know we managed to keep all the money from the overdrafts and stuff like that, but uh, we want our sixty five fifty nine back. So today right. we're off to Newbury. Mm-hmm. For Alex, the 12.25, Miss Overdrive. Miss Overdrive. Uh, they also go at Kempton and Taunton oh. and Weatherby. Where are you going? Um, Utoxeter, they've got an inspection at 7.30. I'm going with the 3.15 at Weatherby. Get me out of here! Get me out of here! Lovely. Like Good that. one. OK, yeah. well, yes, but we like it, but will it win? <laughs> I doubt it. I know. I mean, but we do have something to celebrate today because it's Thanksgiving. Yes, it is. It is. So we can wish all our American listeners happy Thanksgiving. Turkey and pumpkin pie. I know. Lovely. And hopefully we won't have a turkey tomorrow. We'll have a winner and when we can have a mince pie. Hooray. Lovely. Talk tomorrow. Bye-bye. Take care. That's Matthew Schofield. So we keep our fingers crossed. But happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners. I know we have a lot of people who listen in the States. Canada, I think they do it. It's, they do back in October. I think the 12th, if memory serves me correctly. Anyway, Roger Foss, waiting patient, bless his heart, honestly, he's been out, he's had tea and toast and marmite and everything else, and he's still sitting there waiting, bless his heart. But, uh, morning, Roger. Good, good morning, Steve. No tea and toast, I'm afraid, but, um, oh. I've had me, I've had me regular muesli and me glass oh, of sherry, and um, I'm ready to go. Oh, lovely, so you've had a sherry. Right, we'll whiz through this one, um, then, because Christmas <laughs> has arrived in the West End in the shape of Gareth Hale as Scrooge. Yes, I know, I suddenly... It suddenly hit me yesterday. The other week there was that big opening, wasn't there, in uh, Leicester mm-hmm. Square, the Jim Carrey movie, yes. Christmas Carol, and, and, and the whole place was completely transformed. But here was something a much more kind of l- lower scale, smaller scale opening at the Arts Theatre, just along the road, with a, with a, with a car- uh, kids outside singing Christmas Carol. So the atmosphere mm. suddenly hit me. And I thought, oh, this is Christmas. Do you know what I mean? It just... Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of passed me by a little bit, actually, and now I realise it's only a few weeks away and we've got all these pantos to go and see. Mm. But, but, of course, this show is more of a... I, I suppose, really, it's the Christmas Carol, um, the musical, or Scrooge the Panto. It's a kind of mix of the two. And there's lots of audience participation and uh, just five actors playing all the roles in A Christmas Carol, including, of course, uh, Gareth Hale as Scrooge. And the whole thing is enormous fun, including lots of audience participation. So it's a great kind of family show. And I thought, well, that horrible old humbug is actually quite likeable. Mm, mm. <laughs> the only thing is that I think Gareth, Gareth Hale's a bit chunky, really. I always think Scrooge ought to be... 
thin. really skinny and miserable and yes. horrible. And I, I know Tommy Steele's been playing him, or he still is at the moment, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is, out of town, yes, yes. And, of course, Tommy's very slim, isn't he? Mm. Absolutely tiny, really. Well, because and Scrooge he... never spent any money, so he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be portly. He would be a skinny wretch because he never spent any money. Well, absolutely. He wouldn't go and, and, and buy a mince pie or anything. I no. mean, it's just ridiculous. Here's this great... No, but the, I think the thing is that the idea is that the, the guy uh, that Gareth Hale is playing is really one of the painters in the theatre, and they put on a play about A Christmas Carol, so they sort of get away with it like that. But anyway, it was the beginning of the Christmas season for me last night, and I thought, oh, this is fantastic, and now I'm going around saying bar humbug to everything that I don't like. Mm. <laughs> well, I, I, but I, I quite like that. I'm slightly worried that you're going to be heading out to Croydon to see Sooty. Oh, I am. Why are you worried? Well, I'm worried that you might not see him. I mean, I, I don't want to sort of preempt it, but he's not very tall. Isn't he? He's, no, not really. I don't think so. I think he's only about... Oh, you're... I thought he was a big thing. What, Sooty? Yeah. He's about eight inches tall. Oh, now you've destroyed all my illusions. Oh, oh, God. What did you think he oh. was? Life-size. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Sadly not. Sadly not, I'm afraid. Yeah, but they, they've been doing Sooty shows on stage for years, ever since Sooty was born, I think. Yeah. They used to do uh, stage shows when uh, Harry, Harry Corbett... At the Mayfair Theatre. Sooty's dad, yes. Yeah, yes. For years they were doing them, weren't yes, they? Yes, I remember. And um, I think Simon Cadell, who does it now, he's been touring around. So I'm sure we'll be able to see Sooty. I hope so. Yeah. Well, That's I the mean, only reason I'm going. Well, I'm I'm, I'm, going to, to be honest with you, I, I want to know what, what you think of it, because I, I know people over the years who have been to see him, and he was a regular at the Mayfair Theatre for donkey's years. It was, it was yeah. the, the pantomime there, I think. Oh, it was, it was, and it was always good fun. And yeah. I, 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 of course, being, you know, brought up on footy, so um, it's been, you know, part of my life, really, I suppose. Yes, I agree, I agree. <laughs> but, um, I think, no, I, I'm, I'm going to see Sooty. I don't really, I'm not really going to see Letitia Dean in Snow White playing the wicked fairy or whatever she's playing. It's, uh, it's, it's a Sooty show as far as I'm concerned. Oh, but is yes, she in I... it as well? Yes. Oh, right, yes, he is absolutely. actually starring in the pantomime. <laughs> no, Sooty is above the title, I think. Good Lord. And yes, Letitia Dean is, is there as well. Yeah, she's there as well okay. as the Wicked Queen. Actually, no, her... I've just got the leaflet here in front of me now. No, she, her lettering is much bigger than Sooty's, I'm afraid. Oh, dear. So Sooty's been reduced. Well, as it, well I, I do warn you about this now. He actually, you know... Mm. <laughs> he and, actually uh, has and, been reduced. Of course, I forgot to mention Sweet, of course, too, yes. will be in it. So, and um, the dog. It's, and the dog. And what was the little girl... The Sue. Physical... I hated the person who did her voice because it just... Sue. Oh, Mr. Corbett. And it, it just didn't... Yeah. Sat because she changed halfway through. We had one voice, and then I think the person moved on and we got a different voice. And all of a sudden, yeah. Sue became a bit sick of fanny. Oh, oh m- m- Mr. Corbett, sir, can I please clean, clean Sooty's house? Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Getting on my nerves. <laughs> it was uh, Harry, Harry Corbett's wife. Who originally <laughs> did the voice Yeah, Sue. but who actually did it after was... her? Because there, oh, it was that, definitely a different know. voice. Yes, Definitely, because I, I remember thinking it's changed, and I'm used. To, and then we had Butch the dog. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, that's right. Of course. And there was oh, a snake. All these memories coming back. Yeah, I remember but, distinctly. Um, and of course, Sooty will be squirting water over oh, everybody. I oh. imagine too. Your worst nightmare. <laughs> 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 and then they'll go. Good night, everybody. 
Good night. <laughs> Good he used to stand night, yes. and all this water dripping off him. I, I must know, just mention it's... very quickly, because I've only got about a minute left, oh, uh, yeah. you saw Mel C and Mrs Johnson in Blood Brothers oh, yeah. as, as Mrs fantastic. Johnson. Fantastic. She's good, isn't Absolutely she? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, I look, you know, this show is so brilliant, and I, I'd forgotten how fantastic it is. It's mm. just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Blood Brothers now, what, 21 years? 25 years since it actually opened in Liverpool. Yeah. And she's great as Mrs Johnson. I was really surprised. She looks young hmm. but then on the other hand it, she is a young mum she would have been young she would have been young yes. yes yes and she wears that crossover pinny you know and those horrible old stockings and it's all that back-to-back stuff in liverpool i thought she is really really good and, and of course you know it becomes heartbreaking too hmm. and i was very surprised because in the audience absolutely packed there were coach parties and young teenagers and you kind of imagine they're all going to start talking or texting each other and all that but no absolutely bought into this story and totally absorbed and i think everybody wanted to stand up and give it a standing ovation Mm. in the interval yeah so it it is that kind of show that people do stand up at the end in between the tears and everything else and if she can get more more bums on seats be they spice girl fans or whatever good for them because it'll get them into the theater it's got some great songs in it you can understand all the words there's no miming it's all live stuff Okay. Yes, and no, no big kind of crashing chandeliers or no. special effects or helicopters or big chorus lines or anything like that. Just this amazing, very, very serious story, really, about twins and all of that. And it, it's almost like the Vera Drake of musicals yes, in, in one respect, because it yeah. it's very, very serious. But on the other hand, loads of jokes in it, loads of fun as well. And um, I, think, um, I think she's really fantastic, actually. Yeah. I, I, I really, I mean, I've seen... Loads of them, um, Petula Clark and Kiki D, and mm. um, Lynn Paul has done it as well, yes, hasn't she? Yeah. On all those Nolans, but really, in a way, she's I think well. um, she's really cracked it. Actually, yeah. Excellent. So, uh, fantastic all right, kiddo. Stuff. We shall talk to all you right, next then. week. Okay, Steve. All right, take care. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. It's behind you. It's Roger Foss. He'll be back with us uh, next week on the programme, so big uh, big thumbs up. If you've not booked, you need to book for Christmas shows now, because you'll have the kids at home. I'm not saying you should take the children, not unless they're about the right age, to go and see uh, Blood Brothers, but it is a great piece. It really is. It's, it's a lovely piece. If the kids want something exciting, there's Wicked, Arturo Brichetti and Change. There's some good stuff out there. Book to see a show, but the other thing you've got to book for, and this will be more for the adults, Julie Andrews is coming to London to do the O2 with the London Philharmonic, I think it is. She'll be the first time in god knows how many years that she's sung after she had the problem with the the nodules and she's promised to do the whole catalogue so i'm telling you if that one doesn't sell out in a matter of hours there's no justice we're going to try and get her in for an in conversation i think we're going to be banging ahead against a brick wall but uh, it would be fantastic julie andrews i mean my god it's, it's worth asking it's worth asking we'll nip back down to peckham briefly in a moment after the news headlines <laughs> This morning, Matthew Schofield. Up to 155. Morning, everybody. Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. Our reporter is down in Peckham, Declan Harvey, keeping us up to date with the, uh, the fire situation. And uh, this time he's got a lady called Elizabeth who's been evacuated. Declan. Good morning, Steve. Well, information from the authorities down here is still uh, pretty sketchy on the ground, but uh, I've been meeting a couple of eyewitnesses, and they've been explaining what they've seen this morning. Uh, it appears to have all kicked off around half past four, certainly, when they got knocks on their doors uh, telling them uh, to leave. One eyewitness said to me that it, it, uh, she was woken by the noise. She thought it was raining outside with the, with the sound of cracking. But uh, as you said, I'm joined by Elizabeth. She lives across the road from where the, uh, the flames uh, broke out. Um, Elizabeth, what do you remember from this morning? Um, what I remembered was my other half was getting ready to go to work. It was around about half past four. 
Well, um, he was shouting fire, fire, so I had to peep out of the window, and we actually saw the blazing fire in the um, constructed building. is all completely ablaze, and I was so scared, so we had to quickly rush to get dressed, basically, to, to come out of the house. So as we stepped out of the house, there was flying debris of hot fire, so we were rushing to leave the area. So um, while we were rushing to leave the area, there was my next-door neighbor wasn't out here, but the hanging basket next door has actually caught fire. So we had to rush back inside to basically pour water to dampen the, um, the fire. Okay. Um, what, what do you remember seeing when you stepped outside across the road where, where the flames were coming from? Just give us a sense of, of scale, maybe. Right. It was total, massive, a blaze, blazing fire, basically. It was, um, you know, the whole building was, caught, was completely on fire and hot, flying debris all over the place. Okay, and, and around the, the building, there were, there were cars, is that right? Yeah, cars was all in, on blaze, you know, everything was, even the next, door, the next door building was actually actually caught fire, and it was a residential block. Okay. Well, uh, Steve, that's eyewitness accounts, Elizabeth, thank you. Um, that's eyewitness accounts. Uh, we haven't, as I say, got official confirmation of what buildings have been affected or what property has been affected by this. But uh, certainly the eyewitnesses here have confirmed to me, several of them, that it was around half past four. Many of them were awake, as I said, before the emergency services knocked on the door. But uh, around 100 people have been, uh, have been evacuated and told, to, and told to leave. Excellent. Declan, thank you for that, and give our uh, love no, to Elizabeth. Thank you very much indeed no to both of you, and uh, we'll catch up with Declan a little bit later on. Of course, everybody was up a quarter to four this morning. They were listening to LBC with a bit of luck. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, we'll go back probably after the news with, uh, with Nick this morning to catch up with, with Declan. Uh, Dawn is in York, listening live on DAB. Drove up to York yesterday for an Alastair Griffin gig last night. Driving back home today, and I'm sending the email from my mobile phone. Alastair, excellent doubted it. He was, it was an acoustic gig and he sang for almost two hours in total. Two sets with a break in the middle. Dawn usually in rice slips. It's a bit like this programme, isn't it? It's usually get two hours and you get the break for the news in the middle as well. Bad news, incidentally. I'm sorry to break this to you this morning because I realise it's going to ruin your day. The Pussycat Dolls have split up. There you go. There'll be people going... Oh, I'm, see, look, tears already. I'll lend you a handkerchief. The Pussycat Dolls have split up. The reason being that apparently nobody's talking to the lead singer Nicole because she's the girlfriend of Lewis Hamilton, and somebody said it's real war out there. So the Pussycat Dolls. I'm here to tell you, I saw the Pussycat Dolls because they did the Royal Variety Show last year. And I, for one, thought they were terrible. But that's just me. I'm sorry, I don't think the Queen, sitting there in the Royal Variety... I can't remember who went, actually, last year. Was it, was, I think it was Charles. Probably he enjoyed it, actually. Where you've got lots of girls doing posing. For some reason, they seem to be doing an exercise class on stage. Which probably appeared, you know, appealed to a lot of people who had pacemakers and over the age of sort of uh, 75. And, and at one point, one of the girls quite near to us sort of started doing the splits. And I, I, f- I felt like saying, I, I really don't think you should do that. Thank you very much indeed. You know, because it's not, not the nice thing to see on the Royal Variety. Actually, this year, Royal Variety, as you know, is in Blackpool. So I shall not be going up there, which is a shame. But I am going to the Water Rats dinner on Sunday night at the Grosvenor House, which will be just full of celebrities. And I can't wait to bring you back all the stories from the, from the water rats. So Graham Cole's invited me. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm going to starve myself for a day and a half before I get there because we've got cod for main course and I'm not big on fish, but I'm going to struggle with it. I know it's, I think it's this pan-roasted cod or something. Got hoisin duck to start and I do like that. So that's quite good. Uh, Yvonne has looked in Asda for my constantly changing LED Christmas lights. Uh, but in fact, Fred found them first. It is the Baltic Tree pre-lit multicolour six-foot light, £199. But the trouble is, I don't really want the... Tr- I just want the lights. 
I don't want the tree. I've got a tree. I just want the lights. So uh, it's difficult. Uh, Yvonne says, I, uh, I start listening to you from 5.30. So thank you for cheering me up on these dark and dank more. Isn't it horrible? It may- just makes you feel a little bit... You don't feel that excited, do you? Mind you, over in Peckham, they've got enough to worry about without worrying about dark, dank mornings. So we'll do that a little bit later on. Lindsay, who says, uh, after your recommendation, Steve, here we go, so I get into trouble every day. My partner and I are going to see Arturo Brachetti's change after Christmas. We've booked second price upper circle seats. Well, he did. I know you'd never sit that far up, but do you know what the view will be like? It's a nice theatre, the Garrick. It's not, it's not a vast theatre. You'll, you'll see everything perfectly. And also... She says, would you mind mentioning my amateur dramatic society, the Parkside Players? They're doing the annual pantomime, The House That Jack Built. Is that a pantomime? I don't know the house that Jack... Well, I, I know the story of the house that Jack... Was that the one where they came around and huffed and puffed and blew it down? Or was that... That was Three Little Pigs, was it? Oh. What was the house that Jack built? I should know that old woman who lived in a shoe. I mean, she was a bit of a worry, wasn't she? But anyway, so now we've got the house that Jack built. It's next Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Evening and matinee show available at the Parkside Community Theatre on Goodmays Lane in Ilford. They've got a website. And who hasn't nowadays? It's www.parksideplayers.co.uk. Parksideplayers.co.uk. Uh, Richie says, nice to see you, because he logged onto the webcam yesterday. It's not on today. As far as I know, when somebody writes in and goes, by the way, we can see you on the webcam. (laughs) That's not so good at all. We have wished everybody a very happy Thanksgiving over in America. They'll talk about that with Nick Ferrari. Rachel Johnson's doing the papers. The name might not be familiar, but the magazine that she edits is It's the Lady. And I know where their offices are. They're in Bedford Street, just down from the CAA. Just down from there, because I see the big sign on the wall. So she's coming in to do the papers today. They're talking about Muslim extremism, uh, freedom of speech online, what will happen to Wikipedia, especially after the story that one of the um, people at the Tower of London has been cautioned by the police for altering somebody's Wikipedia. I didn't realise you could actually get somebody... Uh, somebody taken to court now over that. So that's very good. That's going to upset a couple of people. Uh, Iris says, please, can you come to the Churchill Theatre in Bromley? We would love to come and see you and bring our friends. She says, uh, great admirer. Great admirer. Thank you for that. Uh, let's, oh, I've, I've responded to Hillary and everybody else. I think I've done all my bits and pieces. Uh, very quickly, go back to some more of your uh, texts and emails this morning. Still waiting. Still waiting on more on the insurance. Still waiting more on that. Uh, Ramsbottom was the snake in Sooty. Uh, Steve near the Arsenal is going to see... Um, he says, I'm going to, to see if they have the puff pastry mince pies. Oh, at some place I've never even heard of before. Uh, the Royal Varieties in Blackpool. So there you go. Steve, it's my son's two-year-old. Never mind blooming Thanksgiving. Well, I think that's Thanksgiving, isn't it? Uh, and Dee says, I'm so glad Roger gave the thumbs up to Mel C and Blood Brothers. Uh, I was in the original cast and went back a couple of times. Love it. Love it. Oh, it's a great show. Uh, fingers definitely cross, says Angela. Steve Allen in conversation with Julie Andrews. This Sunday... It's uh, going to be Miss Diane, Sue Hansen, ex of Crossroads. They've got a big box set of Crossroads. She doesn't do interviews, but she gave us one. Uh, Blood Brothers opened your favourite theatre with Kiki D and Transferred. Saw it almost every night, says Jan. Lovely Jan. She says, everybody should get to see it. I agree. Steve, I've seen your lights at Chelsea Gardner. Might have to pay a, pay a visit, I'm afraid, down there. Um, 
Steve, I can't believe you haven't said anything about the interview with Jay Goody's mum. I did. I talked about it yesterday on the programme because I turned on inadvertently and all it was, I'm afraid, was a, a plug for her and her new boyfriend. It was interesting. She was talking about the end of Jade's life and how she, um, she actually hadn't sort of... She didn't want to go. And people have to let go at the end. And that's the problem. People keep saying to people, listen, let go. OK, let go. Uh, that's it for this morning. Hope you've had a, a nice day. We'll keep you up to date with all the events taking place in Peckham. I'm sure that Nick Ferrari will be doing that after the uh, news this morning. Uh, is it all too much for Susan Boyle? The answer, yes, but the devastating news, I'm afraid, is the fact that the Pussycat Dolls have split up. It kind of ruined my day, I'm afraid, but I will be back with you tomorrow morning, bright and early. And so I hope that you download, as I know you will. If you go to lbc.co.uk, you can learn how to podcast. It will change your life forever. And you can still look at the pictures of all the lovely LBC presenters. Another one of which joins you after the news. It's Nick Ferrari.